welcome to the Cornerstone Pastors Shepherding the Sheep podcast, where Gino, Mr. Gino Guillermo, and me, Mr. Jason Vaughn, uh, come together to talk about different issues in the church with the desire of helping each of us be churchmen. And we have defined that a couple times, but if you, if you for some reason, are skipping ahead in the podcast and listening to this one first, we are describing a churchman as a man or woman who loves Jesus Christ and understands the responsibilities that we have to be in the body of Christ and to be craftsmen, to be professional church members. And so we, I like the idea of craftsmanship. Wait, so you're saying people are going to get paid to be a member? Yes, yes. <laughs> or you're saying the, uh, to, to think about their... Um, their membership at, to to the extent of like they need to be craft they need to be craftsmen yes like living thinking uh, how they can be a better Christ follower yes exemplifier yes okay yeah you, yeah no one's getting paid sorry guys yeah well you're getting rewarded in heaven <laughs> oh yeah that's right they are yeah. getting paychecks yes in, God in 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 eternity yes. yes God God will bless your service and he will use you in ways that you do not know when you're the kind of person that pursues excellence in everything that God has asked you to do. And definitely one of the responsibilities that God has given to us is to use the gift that he gave us. Uh, I believe if you're unaware of that, you should read Ephesians 4. And I think there's actually even a couple sermons in Cornerstone on Ephesians 4 where we just remind you that God has given you a gift for the specific purpose of building the body of Christ for maturity and that all of us have a role to play. And so it is my responsibility to learn my gift, to learn the gospel and to plug myself into the church. And I want to be excellent at that. Yeah. And I like, I like what you say too. You say that we are the gift and that's important because sometimes, um, uh, sometimes we discerning our spiritual gift can be kind of, um, Difficult, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, or, yeah. like, when people that don't let that stop you. Right. Exactly. Um, that's what I see. Yeah. I don't know my gift, so I'm not going to be involved. Uh, no, yeah. that's not how we. Yeah. No, you. No. You. So um, we have to remember that our giftedness is for the purpose of strengthening the body. Yep. Um, but uh, if you don't know what your giftedness is, you have to at least know that you are the gift or in the sense that you are, you know, you are that finger, you are that arm, you are that nose. And if, whether you know it or not, when you're together with the body, the spirit uh, is amazing because he will use you despite your unknown, you know, despite you not necessarily knowing your gift, because um, he's going to give you the desire to serve in a way that he wants you to serve. Yes. But you got to be there. You do. You got to be there. You got to get plugged in. Yes. And the thing is, once once you're plugged in, the gift is actually going to come out in the things you enjoy and in the things you're concerned about. You yes. know, usually the person that's super concerned about taking care of other people's physical needs, it's like, okay, this person probably is gifted in compassion in some way. Mm-hmm. And how do we utilize that? Yep. And there's going to yeah. be also times where like, maybe you don't feel you're gifted, but like, hey, right. there's no one else that can serve a nursery today. Yeah. Uh, well, your, your, your gift is that you're here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, faithfulness. Your, your, your gift is faithfulness and you happen to be here and you're here all the time. So guess what? You're going to be in nursery today. Yes. And I, yeah. And you would, yeah, well, we probably need to talk about this in its own podcast at oh, some point. Off topic. Right? There's, there's our, yeah, we, we haven't even got started. Uh, we're four minutes into this thing and, uh, yeah. I think we've already used all five minutes of our, uh, our off topic. Yeah. 
Well, it's oh. kind of related to blind spots. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. So before we get started, just uh, today's coffee was brought to you by Scott Miller and a Peru that he roasted. And so... Yeah, thanks, Scott. Well done. Uh, it was well yeah. done. Now, unfortunately... Uh, it'll be some weeks before Scott hears that, <laughs> right? Uh, because we're Maybe on, months. yeah, we're on podcast number uh, five, and so, but we haven't, we haven't actually posted. So, just so you know, when you listen, uh, if you if you listen and have a question, you might have to remind us what we said because this this one's gonna this one's coming five six weeks down the road. So, also just by way of uh, introduction, uh, would like to encourage you to read. Uh, Athanasius is on the incarnation and currently I'm about to finish Irenaeus on the Christian faith, a condensation, uh, a con- condensed condensation of against heresies. And basically this guy, James R. Patton jr. Condensed against heresies. Irenaeus is five books down to one volume and translated key parts in the argument and oh, wow. really helpful. So that's still a thick book. That's still like yeah. a, that's almost 200 pages, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to read the full version. Give me the abridged, uh, yes. Dummies version. 194 pages. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, these guys wrote a lot. They did. Well, and the other, the other book that I just recently finished was, uh, by Gary Nessner, the FBI specialist. Oh yeah. Gary Noser. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so if you saw the TV series Waco, yep. remember Gary was one of the lead voices in that uh, TV series. He was one of the main, right? They used his expertise and experiences and took accounts of him and then shaped the series Waco based off of him and based off of one of the guys that was in Waco. Mm. And so he was kind of one of the uh, influencing voices behind the Waco series. Oh, awesome. But he was a lead FBI guy. Uh, for the FBI lead negotiator. And that book is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think if you want to go into pastoral ministry, you need to read or listen to that book. Oh, wow. It is so good. Uh, and the the principles that he levies in that book mm-hmm. are what I would say invaluable no matter what your job is. Whether you're... Yeah, because he's the, he's the negotiator. Yes. Yeah. And the things he learns mm-hmm. are, I'm telling you, they're applicable to yeah. to somebody waiting tables. Yeah. To somebody operating on brains every Sunday. I saw this masterclass, mm-hmm. um, uh, like, what do you call it, those commercials? Yeah. One of them is a negotiator. He's like, you, you believe it or not, you're thinking like you don't need negotiation. You're negotiating all the time. You, you are negotiating yeah, all the time. You don't yeah. realize it, but you are. You're, you're always negotiating, so yes. you need these skills. And All right. rule number one from Gary was listen. Ah. And very interesting awesome. because he, he would, uh, I don't want to steal his thunder, but he would talk habitually about, as a negotiator, you have to listen. Mm-hmm. You, and that's the first thing you have to do is listen and gather information. And then he would say, what humans are prone to do is to, is to start to get into a situation and look at the situation and then say, Oh, this is just like all these other cases back here. And Gary said he saw times where people were like, well, this is like Waco and Gary would go, well, it's not like Waco. And here are six key differences. So if we come in thinking this is another Waco, we are possibly going to uh, misappropriate our response and make this thing worse because we didn't listen to the people we're negotiating with and hear why it's different. That's great. I mean, that's exactly what we teach in counseling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you can't, you can't, there's no, 
um, like perfect package answer for every single person because we're all different. And yeah. We listen, gather, gather data. Yep. And get to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Well, and how many times have you been in a conversation where somebody says, where you say something and somebody's like, oh, I experienced that like that. And you can't, you just can't do that kind of thing. And you hear them and you go, man, I hear that you had a bad experience, but I don't think you realize what I'm talking about. It's actually different from what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so if you just want to carte blanche, this is the only solution to anything that fits with it within the category of what you're talking about. Well, you're actually going to admit you're not going to have any wisdom. You're going to, you're going to, you can't force every square peg into a round hole because not every peg's square. Right. Not every peg's round. You got octagon, hectagon, mm-hmm. heptagon. Is heptagon a word? Um, it sounds cool. It does sound cool. <laughs> yeah. What's a what's a twelve sided? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hey Siri, what's oh. a twelve sided shape? Wow, my Siri turned on when you have authority over me. Oh, so it's called a uh, regular dodecagon. Dodecagon. Right. Well, a star, a six, yeah, a six-sided star is actually a hexagon boundary. There's, huh. uh, there's different. There's different shapes. Wow. Yeah, there's like six, at least six, twelve-sided shapes. Why didn't my Siri answer? Hey Siri. Oh, my. tell me a joke. Oh, there you go. Grasshopper walks into a bar. The bartender says, hey, we have a drink named after you. The grasshopper says, you have a drink named Jeff. Why didn't I get that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, huh. well, sometimes Siri hits. Siri, that's a fail, Siri. Misses. Yeah. That's a fail. Someone tell me what that meant. Yeah. All right, Siri. No more from you, Siri. That's it. You're done. Okay, so today's topic of conversation uh, is blind spots, and this this kind of goes with even what I was talking a little bit about with uh, with Gary uh, and the ability to listen. Uh, but <clears throat> we want to talk about this very important issue in in not only my life uh, but your life, and I think we could say this is a common denominator in every human being. And so, to to understand our anthropology, we are saying. Every human being is made in the image of God. Uh, every human being has fallen in, in, their, in their rebellion against Christ and that we need God to redeem us. But none of us are perfect after redemption because we're not living in our glorified bodies. So unglorified bodies means that we are not going to be perfect. Now, God says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we are conforming into the image of Christ and that we are growing from glory to glory. And so there is a maturity that happens in believers, but I want to talk a little bit about a very specific uh, issue that all of us share and that is blind spots. Uh, And so the idea of a blind spot is that because of the way you live, because of the way you think, because of sin that we are, are unable to see our own sinfulness in many ways. Mm. So maybe maybe a blind spot might be, uh, you know, I use this example a lot, but I love the example where you go into uh, a breakfast buffet and you love bacon, which again, I get that. That's a good thing. 
and so while you're standing in the breakfast buffet, you grab all the bacon and you take it all and you put it all on your plate. And you're like, well, hey, there's nothing sinful about eating bacon. And so I'm going to eat all this bacon. Uh, and so maybe the blind spot there is that you have never thought about even in a restaurant uh, buffet, you need to consider other people. Wow. Right. Maybe, maybe in your mind, you only consider other people in your home or at church or at work. So maybe you didn't realize while you're at the restaurant, you got to consider these strangers as well. But food never runs out in a buffet. Well, I know, but you know, (laughs) I know. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. Psalm 19, who can discern their own errors? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. No, that's a good, I'm glad you found that because that that's right. You can't like, we need the word of God to help show us our errors and then Paul says in Hebrews 3.12, take care, brethren, that there not be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from living God. Mm-hmm. And yes. Yeah. So that's why, like, even just thinking about the law, I love how Paul says it's a mirror. Yes. Because right? if there was no mirror, you wouldn't see it. Yes. Yeah. He wouldn't have known about coveting had it had, had the law not told him coveting was wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, he doesn't, right? He, so the warning in Hebrews is akin to that Psalm 19 verse because it's that, listen, be aware of the fact that your heart is prone to unbelief and you want to take care, right? And that is in a uh, present active imperative in the Greek, which means, again, not to get overly grammar nerd on you, but... But the implication of that is that you should habitually be watching. Uh, I believe even the word is, uh, yeah, to see, blepo, uh, to perceive with the eye. So constantly perceive. What's the verse in Hebrews, by the way? uh, 3.12, Hebrews 3.12, yeah. So constantly perceive, brothers, that there will not be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. So the warning to us, right, is even as believers, listen, we might be prone to unbelief Mm. and we need to watch out habitually, right? A part of your life is watching out for where unbelief crops up. Mm -hmm. Okay, but like like Psalm 19 declares, we have blind spots where, where we just are unaware of our sinful tendencies. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, yeah. Yeah, um, that's that's really important. Like that that idea of always discerning oneself, which means, you know, you have to always ask the question, "Why did I do what I did?" Um, or uh, just be thinking uh, biblically about yourself, or, or looking into the mirror of of God, which is the Word of God. Yeah, um, yeah. But in, but ahead. even but even I think right to kind of build off what you're saying there to to be aware that um let me let me phrase it the way that uh, a friend Kirk Gebhardt's once said it you're probably only five percent aware of your own sinfulness mm-hmm. so there's many things we probably do throughout our day that if we had God's perspective. Like if I were keeping a tally of sins that I committed during the day and God were keeping a tally and thank God this is not how, how he does it. 
right? And I wrote down all, and I, I wrote down all my confessions. You know, God, please forgive me today. I, I you know, maybe I blew it with my kid, or you know, maybe maybe you know, uh, maybe I was lazy. When, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I write down and at the end of the day, I'm like, you maybe, man, Lord, today I was aware of 12 things 12, that did yeah, wrong, right? right? Like, man, like I was, this was, yeah. my God, you really humbled me today. Right. And God showed us the list. He would like pull out this like giant book. Yeah. And, you know, you could hear it. Yeah. You know, well, son, the, yeah. Yeah. Because if, if you think about sins, it's all the ways that we were not like God. Right. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's a checklist of, checklist of rules. It's a checklist of, or it's a... It's a the being. It's the reflecting of God's character, holiness. We yes. talked about holiness um, a little bit earlier. You know, um, it's more than just like not sinning, right? It's it's yes. also like not the positive side is like not being like God yes. in His thinking and yes. in His character. And there's, I mean, gosh, when we're not actively pursuing that, yeah. I mean, in a sense, where we are sinning. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe not actively sinning in the, in, the, in the way we think about it, like you know, right. killing somebody or hurting somebody necessarily, but we're not reflecting who he is in character. Right. Which is why we need to be redeemed ultimately. Yeah. Well, I think this is why some the theology guys are like, "There's the sin of omission and the sin of commission." Yes. Yeah. Some things we didn't do that we should have done, and some things we blatantly did that we shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. But the reality is everybody has them, right? So there's nobody in this world that does it that's without a blind spot. Correct. Yeah. And and so we can talk about the nature of sin more too. Uh, because you're you're sinful not because you sin, but you're sinful because your nature is sinful. But as a redeemed human being, the shackles of sin have been cut, the death penalty has been eliminated. And so even Paul says in Romans that you are to consider yourself dead to unrighteousness. You're just consider yourself dead to sin, that you're no longer alive to sin you're now alive in Christ. And, but the reality is that, the, that we're still learning how to walk in holiness and God is still growing us. And so that creates blind spots because there are just some things that you've probably never thought about that you do that are sinful. There are probably some things that you're going to go to your deathbed on and never realize you had that blind spot your entire life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's rooted in culture, you know, uh, especially if you've traveled around the world you will see other cultures do things differently. And sometimes you will realize like I did, Oh, that's an American blind spot. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily holiness. That's an American cultured holiness. Oh, you got to share what, what, what's an American? Gosh, blind spot? I don't remember. Uh, well, I do remember America's the greatest. Oh, that was, yeah. that was one of the first, like, you know, where, where you kind of realize the, the arrogance of Americans who yeah. travel abroad Right. Yeah, I think we're great in the sense uh, of uh, of the convictions of what makes us a free country. Yes. But Americans, yes. as a as a human being, I don't think we're greater than any other human being. Right. Exactly. Right. But yeah. I think we we have I think we have some of the best convictions in our constitution. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think our our government's amazing. The way it was designed, not necessarily the way it's always practiced, but right. Um. But, but even then, like sitting in, sitting in like Croatia and just realizing, you know what, they just do things differently and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think we have those, you know, we've talked about the, at least not, maybe not in the podcast, but at least in person and around the church, you know, that, that Republicanism doesn't mean godliness. Right. Even though I may, I may lean towards conservative views uh, in my politics, I still have to recognize, right. It may be a blind spot to for many Americans to think that America is like God's chosen country 
And then they're like, well, then God's abandoned America. And it's like, well, has he really been, he hasn't abandoned the nations at all. Like, right. Yeah. 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 He's, he's still working actively among the nations. And so, yeah, everybody has blind spots. Uh, so if you're listening to this, I want you to know that we are going to talk about what God gives us to help our blind spots. Awesome. Okay. But I want to talk about, I want to dig a little deeper in blind spots. Uh, not only do I have blind spots, I have say, seen another. Uh, I've seen another evil under the sun, to use Solomon's phrase, and it is vanity, and that is that couples can have blind spots together. What? Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. A team blind spot. Team blind spot. Yeah. Yep. One okay. flesh. Uh, there's a reason why that one person you love and sometimes you think a little too much alike in some ways and you both excuse your sin together in other ways. Uh, Blind spots I've seen among couples and um, uh, I don't specifically have anybody in mind when I say these things, but I also have heard these things and have said, Ooh, that's a blind spot. And so like one of them would be, well, we don't, we don't ever participate in church things. Because um, we're really just focusing on our, our relationship. Mm. And I think that's that's a blind spot. Mm-hmm. Because you both are denying the other person and yourself the gift that the Spirit has given you for the sake of building the church. Uh-huh. So, oh, There's so many things wrong there. There's a hundred things wrong yeah. there. But I'm not going to go down that road yeah. other than to say that that's a problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you can see it in friends too, right? Sometimes friends are friends because they have a mutual love and sometimes that mutual love for something creates a blind spot where they also then as a group of friends ignore the same topic. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the bubbles yes. that we create, uh, the, what is it called? The echo chambers. Yes. Echo yes. chambers. That's yep. the word. Uh, yep. That's, that was a new word from you uh, a couple yes. years ago. Like, yeah. In politics, that's a popular word, right? Echo yes. chambers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so all the Republicans together in the room share that probably ignore their same blind spots, and the Democrats do the same thing. Right. Yeah, because they at some point they become an echo chamber uh, where, where the That's group yeah. only puts into the group what the group wants to hear and avoids what they don't want to hear, even if what they don't want to hear is true. Yep. Yep. This is why that listening point is so huge. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so that's why, so even that CS Lewis article that the guys went through the inner ring is helpful because he points out that the inner ring kind of develops together. And, and really I would say that inner ring, the, the, by the way, for people, this is, uh, this is the click idea. Um, yes. The inner circle idea. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so CS Lewis show talks about how human beings are prone to kind of pursue to be in the inner group in the popular group or the group that has authority or the group that has perceived influence or perceived power. And so that drive to be inside that inner ring sometimes means that you have to abandon some ways of thinking. You have to abandon some logic. You can't necessarily even pursue the truth sometimes because Mm. what is central is the acceptance of those people in the inner ring. That's interesting. Gosh, you say that and just different thoughts come into my head. Again, thinking in just the way our society thinks that yes. there is this power grab to, to be had. Yes. Because there's an inner ring that holds it. Yes. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think about So I Married an Axe Murderer. The Queen, the Gettys, and the Rothschilds, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Oh, and Colonel Sanders before he died. <laughs> yeah. Right. He hated the Colonel because he put addictive uh, chemical that made him crave it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Popeye's better than KFC. Hey, Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I can't disagree. Yeah. Man, I'm hungry. Yeah, oh, I know. Don't do uh, that. After this, we might have to skip Chick fil A and find a real chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we might have just tuned out. We might have just, uh, no. we might have just put off quite a few people with that comment. But we're I just spending our five minutes, by the way, of uh, of uh, yes. Well, but it goes up. back to see uh, that might be your blind oh, spot yeah. that as a group yeah, Christians think Chick Fil A is the better uh, chicken sandwich. I know where you're going with this, and it's not. But oh, wait a minute, what? But the group says <laughs> it is, and as a and so the group can't be wrong. So sometimes institutionalization or group herd mentality right. comes into play to where, well, the group can't be wrong. Look at all the masses who believe this, this has to be the right view. And so right. Um, that's why I love Lewis's uh, encouragement is be a craftsman about your work, because if you're a craftsman, then you're going to be a learner and a grower. You, you can take criticism, you can take compliments and you can, you can infuse them into your work to be better at your work. And he said, what's going to happen is you're going to meet other people who are like that and have true friends. Right. As opposed to um, uh, trying to, you know, do whatever you can to get into the ring. Yes. Right. They, yes. They, they don't focus your energies on being part of a group. Yes. But actually just focus on your job. Yes. And do well. Yeah. And grow and, uh, and mature and, you know, let the Lord take you where it takes you, where he takes you. Yes. That's yeah. great. That's and, important. And the interesting part is... The answer in the inner ring is the same answer that, I mean, it's, it is a godly answer to the problem of blind spots. Okay. Right. So whether we have blind spots, uh, so, so let's just, let's kind of go back to your list. I have blind spots personally. Uh, my wife and I can have blind spots together. My family as a whole can have blind spots and a group I'm involved with can have blind spots. Yeah. Now, what churches. does, what does God do? Yeah. Churches, yeah. uh, work, uh, political parties now, but what does God do to help us prevent, to help prevent us from shooting ourselves in the foot and, and having blind spot uh, to, to help solve the blind spot problem. And the answer to that is in Hebrews three thirteen. Nice. But in, so remember 12 constantly watch out for this brethren that there will not be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Instead, right, encourage one another. And again, that's present, active, habitual, ongoing. Your life pattern is to encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Right. So God, right. Who are the one and others? That means other people, right? So God gives the church, right? The church is a body of believers. And when, and in the context of the one and others, even in Hebrews, remember Hebrews is written to a local church. So here in this letter to the local church, he's saying, Hey, local church, encourage each one of you, each of you actively encourage one another. Right, each of you actively be involved in each other's lives day after the day, as long as we're still in today, because I, none of you, he doesn't want anybody to be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. 
Right. And so under the Holy Spirit's inspiration, the author of Hebrews uh, says, right, that the solution to not being hardened by the deceitfulness of sin is other people involved in your life. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. So... If I so I need to be concerned about my blind spots, and the way to be concerned about my blind spots is to have relationships with other people in the church. Yes. Yes. Um, any relationships, or you, do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, that's always like within some kind of wisdom. Right. Right. You know, okay. like you, you, if you're if you're like, wow, you know, uh, Joey's wife is uh, really a good listener, so I'm going to kind of befriend her better you know, so that she can really help, help encourage me and I can encourage her. Like maybe not the wisest approach there. Right. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't go grab Joey's wife. Right. Um, unless you're a woman. Right. Yeah. Then if you're a woman and you find that Joey's wife's great, go, go talk, go hang out with Joey's wife, go listen to Joey's wife, go, right. go get involved with Joey's li- wife's yeah. life as yeah. best as you can. I think I asked that question because I think, um, uh, you know, even within a church, there, like we just said, there there are blind spots, and so you yes. kind of want to go to go to those who will at least reflect the character uh, of of what the scripture says. And, yes. you know what I mean. Yeah. So you want to be wise in in, in yeah. that too. But at the same time, like the Lord does gift us sometimes in just unique ways. To when we do get together, you're going to see blind spots yeah. that you didn't. I mean, even if, like we said earlier. Um, our spiritual giftedness and how the Holy Spirit works. Sometimes the Spirit just does do that uh, yes. in, in in mysterious ways. Dare I say? Yes. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, because I don't think it's always for me personally. It's it has I like experiencing this. You know, one another. First, I would say it needs to be more than one person. Right. Like sometimes rubbing shoulders with somebody who I know doesn't understand the things of God, but is still, but, but believes in Christ, but their wisdom and their maturity is just not developed yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes in the same group setting, you're talking to somebody who's a very, who understands the Lord at a more mature and it's seen in their life. And yet both of those people have been able to address my own blind spots. Right without even sometimes saying, hey, this is your blind spot. Right. And I just think it's being involved in their life, like especially sometimes for younger believers, you see what they're thinking about and you go, oh, yeah, Lord, that's a good reminder to my own heart. Yeah, it never fails like with a new believer uh, how much they encourage me with their zeal. Yes. Right? Yep. I think that's why old believers need young believers because yeah. sometimes we lack zeal. <laughs> yeah, we do. We get, we get old. You get old and grumpy. I got to go to the restroom every 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I also in that, right, like sometimes uh, when, you're helping a, when you're helping a young believer through, through maybe even a trial or a situation, like so oftentimes you, you go back to the gospel and you say, hey, you've got this issue with this other person. And then you start to you start to kind of approach it with a gospel centered mindset, and it dawns on you, you know what, Lord, I'm prone to do the same thing to other people. That's true. And so it's funny how like just sometimes even serving, helping somebody think through something, yes, exposes the fact that you know what, you don't always think like this. Yep. Yeah. Every yep. marriage counseling case, everyone in Cornerstone has benefited me. Yes. Because I have gone, wow, Lord, you know what, uh, I'm not really any different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, uh, yeah just um 
counseling cases and just walking with uh, people, helping them, um, forces you to go back and dig up the really essential basics of, of the gospel. Yes. And it reminds your heart in, yes. in ways that like you needed and you didn't know. Yes. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and you leave and you it's go It's an home. inverted way of learning. It it's is. It's kind of weird. It is weird. But yeah, and then you go home and you go, wow, Lord, like I got to talk about the gospel all day. That was awesome. Yeah. Cause exactly. it, and it wasn't awesome because you talked about it. It was awesome because you, you helped you remember the things that yeah. are important. You're yeah. still learning. We're still learning every day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, so under the craftsman approach, even that kind of Lewis brings out with the inner ring, that craftsman approach says, Hey, uh, because I want to be better at my craft, uh, I want other people involved in my craftsmanship to help hone me to be better. Mm. And so, right. A craftsman views other people like I, like just there's a, there's an industry out there that produces a, a fluid that you drink. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting once when I was visiting this industry, one of these industries location and the person given the tour said, Hey, by the way, we have a hundred of our competitors fluids in here available for you to try too." Ah. And somebody said, well, that not that more than your own? And they said, yes. And he said, maybe you think this is weird, but we want to be really good at what we do. And we have actually found that having close friendships with other people who want to be really good at what they do has made us better at what we do. Right. And I think that's the part, right? And you can always tell if you've ever kind of like given a pointer to somebody that's not teachable or doesn't want to necessarily be better, they're kind of put off by that. Yes. And sometimes you're like, you know, I'll never forget somebody who came into the bookstore once and thought I was like, a, thought, thought she was a really understood coffee. And she waxed eloquently on coffee and was dead wrong, like just down the line, like had no idea what she's talking about. And I kind of said, well, you know, organic coffee, like that's really not as big a deal as you think. And she scoffed me and it was like, okay, well, here's somebody that really doesn't want to understand coffee. Mm-hmm. But somebody that, that wants to be great at coffee is going to hear when, you know, when AJ told me about the whole marketing ploy of organic coffee and how basically it was just there to make uh, upper middle class white women feel better about their coffee. Mm. Uh, it was kind of like, wow, because as a, as a craftsman, you go, okay, so organic's not the number one thing you're looking no, for it's, in quality it's a, it's coffee. It's a marketing term. It's a marketing term. It's a marketing term used to sell more coffee. Yes. Or a, a certain kind of coffee or uh, reaching out to a certain group. Yes. Versus someone who's actually interested in being better. So I think there's a difference, right? There's a difference between being better versus uh, more sales. Yes. Like winning, winning yes. in sales. So yes. there, there, the, is the motivation, and that's what makes like someone like, uh, you know, the mentality of some of these uh, tech CEOs, like uh, the Apple guy, what's his name again? Um, oh, well, the one that's passed away. Oh, yeah, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, yeah. yeah. Like he, I don't think he was concerned as much in making, in, in making the most money. Yes. He was more concerned in the craft. Yes. Which is interesting because, you know, he's not, they're not necessarily the most... The, the biggest, I mean, they, they do have a lot of cash flow and all that, but they're not necessarily the biggest tech yes. company. That yeah. wasn't his goal. Right. And I, I love Steve. That's, that's one of those things you love about, about Mr. Jobs is how 
He wanted quality product. Right. He was committed yes. to that. Yes. And I think for me, that's what I want. I want a quality relationship with my Savior mm-hmm. that, that walks in holiness and has the joy of the promise of the resurrection that, I, that is to come. And so because that's what I want, I have to recognize the need to have other people around me that want to grow in Christ likeness too. Right. So I think, so are you saying that if uh, number one, our mentality has to be a believer who wants to mature, to yes, grow. Yes. Like, that's the craftsmanship, right? Yes. The craftsmanship is maturing in our um, character. Yes. And our, and our holiness. Yes. And, but the way to do that is to be around other believers. Yes. Who okay. want the same thing. Who want the same thing. Correct. So if oh, you're, that's important. Yes. Because if same you goal. just want a believer that wants to be in the in crowd, that person is not going to tell yeah. you things you need to hear. Yeah, wrong purpose. Out of a fear of offending and getting kicked out of the in crowd. Hence the um, hence the seeker sensitive church. Yes. Right. Yeah. They want numbers. Yeah. Um, and in their mind, they're glorifying Christ more. Right. right. But in our mind, that's not necessarily the case. Right. Because yeah. you want holiness. Right. Yeah. And you want people that can articulate the hope they have them in them in the gospel. Yes. And so you're trying to grow convictions, not, yeah. So that's that. That there's that distinction: numbers or quality. Yes. Yeah. And so say it's both. Yeah. But uh, but but the goal is quality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Our goal definitely quality over quantity, and you know, but as as a but when you know the Lord and you know the gospel, there is that part of you that says, "I want everybody to know this hope, and right. I want everybody to have this hope." Yes. Yeah. But you don't compromise quality. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. No, exactly. Right. Yeah. We're not saying, yeah, um, we're not going to compromise the message yeah. so that more people come into the flock. Yeah. We're going to stick with the message, stand firm on the rock, yes. Jesus Christ, and, and what he has laid out as truth in the scriptures. Um, but And at the same time, we're going to give that same message to others who want to know that. Yes. And if that's going to be a mil- million people, that's great. If it's going to be five, that's great. Yeah. Because we know the Lord will bless it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like a million people oh, yeah, to know of course. the Lord. Yeah. Right? Um, That's our hope. Yeah. And we will need uh we'll need a lot of churches to do that. Yes. It's probably too much for one church. Correct. Yeah, I definitely I think, you know, so you so the blind spot thing, I think that's interesting that the Lord actually solves that by putting other people in your life. Amen. And so what you want is you want the kind of friend that wants to grow in Christ likeness that will tell you the truth, not necessarily tell you what you want to hear. Amen. If somebody's just my friend because of the position I have in the church, that person's actually not my friend Hmm. because they're not going to say things they should say that a friend would say Mm -hmm. because they're, they're going to be afraid of losing a relationship that they want to have. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to be a good thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, it, whether you whether pastor title or not, I think what I when I say for me here, I'm talking like I think what God's saying is general Christian approach, right? So so let's just even like use today's terms. Layman Christian approach is this: develop relationships with other people in the church. With who want the what? Who want the same? Who want, who want the same yeah, thing? Who want the same thing? Yeah, who want to live to fear God and honor Him? Right. So I want the people around me to kind of be the kind of people that, that go, God, whatever you do, job well done, good and faithful servant, that's what I want you to hear, and that's what I want to hear. Mm. 
Because if, it, if anything else is the target, then that's potentially an idol, right? If the target is acceptance or the target is anything other than God-exalting worship, then your potentially your friendship is on rocky ground because you can't say everything that needs to be said sometimes. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and on the flip side, what I do want to say is you have those kind of relationships with the church. It's not always the need to nitpick every little thing. Right. Yeah. That, that just uh, honestly, just having close relationships with other people in the church, it's weird how the spirit can use that. And I know somebody's gonna be like, that's kind of charismatic of you. Well, that's yeah. what the spirit does. Yeah, it's it's the walking together through life. Yes, learning together. Yes, um, I, I love that idea because it's not like one person just preaching at another person all the time. Like yes. that's the kind of church no one wants to be in. Right. It's no. It's we're walking together, trying to figure out life together as we study the Word of God together. Yes. Um, and that's a great kind of relationship. Yep. And praying for each other. Praying and for each other. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. Well. Hopefully what, what this what this podcast has done is made you want to listen to Gary Nesner's book uh, has and has encouraged you to realize that relationships with other people in the church are important. So, you know, uh, look at your look at your weekly calendar and cancel something on a Saturday, a Friday night, a Monday night, a Tuesday night. You know, uh, Tell your spouse and your family, look, we got to be in Bible studies, so we're going to get involved. Uh, and find a couple other couples in the church, invite them over for dinner, fellowship with them. Uh, you can invite your pastors and your elders. We say yes to those kind of invites too, uh, <laughs> just just so you know. Uh, because relate right, and the point is is realize that relationships don't develop overnight, but they do develop over time. And over food. And over food. And yes. drink. Food. And drink. Yes. Ribeyes, by the way, is, is really a helpful uh, instrument in that. But Tofu. Uh, yeah. The, I think, the, <laughs> I think the, the thing to avoid is pineapple pizza. No. Yeah, no. no, no stop. I'm going to have to no. mute your mic. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but, right. And so they realize that this is not a, hey, we did it once, and this person didn't eliminate my blind spot kind of thing. This is a, you have to develop over time these relationships. And really the reality is your relationships are always going to grow. Amen. And so, right. And so we, we, we do have things to say on that and we will talk more about developing relationships in future podcasts as well. Uh, but for now, hopefully you come away realizing Lord, the key to my blind spot uh, is other people in the church. Mm -hmm. And by the way, as you get involved with those other people in the church, uh, be aware that you're going to see their blind spots and just remember how gracious God is to you in your blind spots. Amen. Show the same grace. Absolutely. And it is actually possible that a believer could die and never be aware of his or her blind spot too. Yep. So I always say this to people, the more you know me, the more you're going to see my blind spots. Please don't let my, my, my weaknesses uh, begin to uh, inform the way you think about me all the time. That's fair. Yeah. Try to love me. Please love me and also see where God's at work in my life. Amen. Yeah. Okay. All right. So same for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For all of us. All right. Of us, right. Yeah. I mean, cause nobody, nobody's perfect until we have a glorified body. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that was, that's it for this podcast. So, uh, we look forward to, uh, the next one again, feel free to, uh, to send us an email and ask questions. Uh, feel free to, to talk to us in person and ask questions. Uh, we're, we're basically willing to talk about anything in these podcasts. And when I say anything, I mean anything. 
Uh, I'm going to use that Greek word, all, all, everything. And so mm. uh, if we need to talk about uh, the birds and the bees, then we'll talk about it. If we need to talk about, um, you know, risque subject matter, then we'll talk about it. Because the goal here is to help one another to love Christ more. And the reality is if you have a question about it, I promise you somebody else in the church has a question about it too. And so we're here to to make disciples and to love one another. And so that's that's what we're going to seek to do. And we pray for you. We love you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in person soon. And we look forward to um, a couple more podcasts coming up. Love you, Cornerstone. Mm-hmm.